Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Seth Godin is going to join us momentarily. He just emailed me and said, Ramon, Y'all know what he said, right? What did he say? Who has a guess? Unmute. Uh, Lou Diamond, unmute. What did Seth Godin say? Seth Godin said, um, I'll be there in three minutes. Uh, <laughs> close, but why did he say that? Why will he be there in three minutes? Why? Uh, um, he, was, he either A, needed to download the, the, uh, the app, or no. B, needed to get a better pair of sunglasses for this. For this. Close. The app was glitching. And it just happened to me, Lou. Thanks for joining in, Lou. Lou Diamond, y'all should check him out. Amazing, amazing uh, human in the world. Who's I've been on his podcast many, many times. But indeed, uh, it's funny. I was logging in, uh, and all of a sudden, I get this red bar, red bar, red bar consistently. So I'm like, oh, I've seen, I've heard people doing this before. But I'm like, oh no, that's probably they're just saying it. And lo and behold, of course, the app is glitching. But that's okay. I got content for the next hour, and I know all of you will join me as well when Seth joins. We will bring him up. If he's able to join today, but he said, remote, I've been trying on the uh, native app. I've been trying on club deck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe actually he said, I can just, you know what? I wonder, should I just call him and do it that way? Even though that's a bit weird. Uh, somebody unmute and give me a vote. Should I just call Seth and do it that way? Or is that kind of busted? What do y'all think? Um, I'm going to give him some time, but is it worth it? Or should we, we just try like try and see, like we can see how the audio works if you do that. All right. Give it okay. a shot. I'm going to give him a shot, give him a try. Let me just call him right now. You know right what's now. so cool about this, Ramon? This is like live yes. TV. This is Ladies like and Donna, can I ask TV. you a favor? Donna, yeah. can you just recap? Tell us why you love Seth. Tell us why you love guys with shaved heads. Whatever you want for three minutes, I'd be so grateful. I'm going to keep my phone open. And I'm passing it on over. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pass it on over to our good friend, Lou Diamond, who's flashing yeah, because he's it, he has no hair in his picture. Minutes, and I know you. he loves Seth. So go ahead, Lou. Well, well, first of all, we all love Donna. And Donna, great job, by the way, in your segment there as you always Thank you. shine like a bright diamond um we, we all love seth godin aside from the fact that he has a bald shiny head because i think he has managed to figure out how to package words package thoughts in such clear ways we talk about getting that squirrel effect well this is a guy that 
He's able to drill it down and, and break it into the basics whenever he thinks about a problem. He's one of the best problem solvers on the planet. So everyone will get a chance to enjoy that when you get to hear him as we filibuster here as Ramon is trying to check out the, the tech piece. Um, I've, had a ch I've had a chance to interview Seth. He's a good interview too. So he'll be a great listen for everybody here in the audience. And uh, I guess by a show of like maybe some flips here, give, give, some, uh, give some mics on and off about who, who here is big fans of Seth Godin. I guess on the stage here, everybody is, right? Yep. I, I, I'd also say that the other thing that everyone should, be, should listen to as Ramon will try and figure out the tech piece here, um, think about he's, he's going to talk. Oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. Well, there we go. So, Ramon, I'll get back to you. So he's in. So hold on. We're trying to bring him up from the audience. So let's see if this works. Let's see. That, that wouldn't tell him. Hey, Lou, can you hear me okay? We can hear you great. And he's looks like he's in the room. Of, can we give a round of applause to Lou Diamond? Lou Diamond, everybody follow Lou Diamond. And thank you, Lou, for stepping in for two seconds. Can we give a round of applause to Donna again for stepping in for two seconds as well? The app has been, I don't know, today's the app glitch day as it does to all of us. But Seth Godin, welcome. Can you hear me okay, my friend? And are you here and ready to rock and roll? I am here. I am feeling like I have my worst possible microphone set up, but it's better than not being here. Seth, thank you very much. And that's all we care about. We can hear you very well. And it's so good to see you and glad you're here. And the app, it's funny app, uh, Seth, before I went on, I have several devices and the app was glitching on me as well. It happens to all of us. So we fully, fully understand, but we're glad to have you here. So with that, we'll get into it, Seth. We got uh, 55 minutes together if you're able to join us for the full time. And I think, Seth, what I'd love to do is just have you riff. I know you know that word so well. I get it from you for a few minutes. Talk to us what's on your heart. You already know the audience of people here, speakers, consultants, coaches, many who are the smallest of small businesses, freelancers. I then, Seth, do have a few questions for you. Then we're going to open it up for everybody to hit Seth with their best question. But, Seth, the floor is yours to open us up. Please, my friend, go for it. Oh, I can't wait. All right. I'm just, I'm totally clear until 3.54, and then I got to go do a gig, all right? We will have so, you done, Seth, at 3.50. No problem at all. <laughs> so here, here's my, my opening riff. Two things are happening at the same time. First one is a lot of people are exhausted. Exhausted by all the turmoil we've been living through. Exhausted by imagining that there might be more turmoil around the corner. And it's easy in that state to either look for a shortcut and hustle or to just stay in bed. But the other thing that's going on is the world is changing radically. And when the world changes, it's the people who are on this call, the uh, small uh, bootstrappers, the freelancers, the small business people who know how to find a solution that is welcome and eager. They know how to make connection. They're not simply doing what they did yesterday, but faster and cheaper. They are innovating and solving problems for people who need problems solved. And in that respect, there's it's hard to imagine a better time to be that sort of uh, opportunity dancing freelancer who's ready to make things better. So uh, I'm exhausted, but I'm also optimistic. I love it, Seth. And by the way, I forgot to thank you for being here. If I didn't, if I did already, then I'll do it again. But thank you. I know your time is precious. You have a lot of places you could be. So I'm glad you said yes to Ramon uh, and said yes to Ramon, Breakfast with Champions. You, you know that as you're talking like that, I'm smiling because I get more out of this than you do every time. 
Thank you, Seth. All right, Seth. So a few questions I'm going to hit you up with. Uh, many of these are from your books and things you've done, Seth. But one thing here we do at Breakfast with Champions, founded by Glenn Lundy, uh, a gentleman who's taught us a lot of things, a guy you will like, and I hope you meet and interact with him one day, is morning routines. You've said this, I think, Seth, for years. I heard your interview with uh, Tim Ferriss that you don't hit the snooze alarm, at least when you said that. And the key is daily routines, especially morning. Thoughts on that? Talk about that, why that is so important, which we talk about here so much. Why is that important for Seth, daily routines? Um, well, you might be exaggerating a little bit. It is true that in my entire life, I have never pressed the snooze button. There are emotional commitments that I have made because I get to live this life. And one of the emotional commitments is never acting like I have to do this. That just choosing that posture enables me to do a better job with no matter what happens in front of me. Uh, I don't think it pays to ask what somebody else eats for breakfast or to understand you know, which uh, shampoo and conditioner they're using because the actual constructs don't matter. You and I have both studied a lot of successful people and the thing they have in common is they don't have anything in common except an attitude that they express through their work. And so my daily routines consist of always writing, always being grateful for this opportunity, and as often as I possibly can, saying thank you to anybody who is leaning into the opportunity that's around them. Thank you, Seth. Love it. And I would ask him follow-up questions, but I definitely, my favorite part of this, Seth, is to get the questions from everybody else. So I want to get out of the way oh, in a yeah. minute, but I do have some important questions. Um, one of my favorite books out of the many, many you've written, Seth, is, I think I'm quoting the book right, What to Do When It's Your Turn and It's Always Your Turn. Um, it just spoke to me, and if I talk too much, Seth, I'll cry because I'm a person that says, you know, a hustler, hustler. Uh, a lot of problems I don't have, a lot of things that go wrong, but I keep going on. And my point is, can you talk to us about this aspect? And again, something we talk about a lot on Breakfast with the Champions, giving up motivation. We have people here who started billion-dollar companies, many who you know, many authors who you know and others. We have those who are tired tiny small businesses just got fired just sleeping on their mama's couch so this aspect of giving up is there a time to give up do we keep going we have people here in sports and hey keep going or reinvent can you talk to us about that whole aspect of reinvention giving up motivation please sure but first i need to correct something you said about yourself which is uh you are not a hustler you hustle you're on your own account, but you do not hustle other people. And the thing is, no one wants to be hustled. And I have a real problem with the narcissistic mindset that says you can get ahead in business by hustling other people, by creating moments of discomfort so people will just say yes. And this is what my blog post today was about. I'm tired of being hustled, and so is everybody else. But with that, with that aside, here is a news flash that as far as I can tell has been true forever and will probably still be true, which is we're all gonna die. And if it's true that we're all gonna die, it probably means that a week before that happens, there's a whole bunch of things you won't be doing anymore. And the people who are into sports who say, never give up, never give up, there are no 74-year-old running backs in the NFL. At some point, you stop being a running back in the NFL. And life, is about committing 
to be the best at the thing you're doing, knowing that you're never going to be able to do it forever. And so the judgment comes in when you say, this thing I set out to do, if I stop doing it, will I free up enough resources to be able to get really good at something else? Because being mediocre and never giving up is not nearly as powerful as being useful, generous, and the best in the world at what you do, which requires you giving up a ton of other stuff. Powerful, Seth, and I think you're so true. And thank you. I am not a hustler. I do not try to hustle other people, indeed. Thank you for that. Um, third question, Seth, and I have about uh, five or so we'll get to, and I think we're moving along well. Uh, launching, Seth. Um, it's something you've written about, you talk about. Maybe you have in a book that covers it, or it could be the one I just uh, mentioned. But launching, many people here, Seth, as I said, these are the smallest of small businesses, and they're a bit scared. Something you've talked about, so I'll combine the other question I have here, imposter syndrome. I thought it was just an academic word, but I'm hearing about it quite a bit. And if they don't co-align, answer the question however you want. But can you just talk about the aspect of launching, the fear people have of it has to be perfect or it doesn't have to be perfect. When do I do it? I know all these things you've taught us for years. Love to hear your, your, your thoughts on this aspect of launching or not. Yeah, we can talk about this all day. Um, here's a, a free bonus for people on the call. I wrote a book. Uh, it's more of a booklet that you have to print out and write in. It doesn't work if you just look at it. Called the Ship It Journal. If you go to my blog, seth.blog, and type S-H-I-P-I-T into the search, you can find a free copy. Um, the Ship It Journal is all about why it is so hard for us to ship the work. And the answers to that question are pretty obvious. It goes back to we're all going to die. It goes back to elementary school. It goes back to the fact that shipping the work often leads to someone not liking the work. You cannot make something perfect and ship it because there's always one more thing. So I think about you know, a musical hero like Miles Davis. Miles Davis recorded Kind of Blue, which is uh, to this day one of the three most successful jazz albums of all time. Millions and millions of copies sold. He recorded that album in four days. The question is, if he had spent seven days, could they have done some retakes so a couple notes would have been more in tune? And if he had spent three months, could you know, you keep going down the list. When would it have been good enough to be kind of blue? And I hope we can all agree the answer is four days. That the hard part of making kind of blue was deciding to make it and ship it. The hard part was living a life that made that record possible. And if you want to commit to this path, part of the deal is you ship the work. And in my case, I taught myself to do that by shipping a blog post every day for 7,500 blog posts in a row. And once you get past number, I don't know, 200 or 300, you look in the mirror and you say, I'm someone who writes every day. Now the question is not, should I ship or not? The question is, should I ship this one or should I ship that one? Because something's going to ship. And that shift frees you up to do your best work. And then the flip side, the side side, is this idea of imposter syndrome. And it's this feeling that so many of us have uh, when we're leading, when we're shipping, that we're an imposter. Who are we to say we know the answer? Who are we to promise that this workshop is going to change someone's life? Who are we? Whatever. And my answer surprises people because a lot of folks say, here's how you get rid of imposter syndrome. And what I say is, of course you feel like an imposter because you are one. You are one 
because you're doing something that hasn't been done before. So how could you guarantee it? That a heart surgeon can't guarantee that this surgery is going to go perfectly, and she can't guarantee that she is the best heart surgeon in the world for this particular operation. But there's heart surgery that needs to be done. So embrace the fact that you have the humility and self-awareness to feel like an imposter, but care enough to do the work anyway. Thank you, Seth. And I think to that point, Seth, I remember one conversation we had very briefly. I was I, I, a few years ago, I don't know if you remember it, but I called you in frustration um, because I was in I was in a brief stage of trying to be someone I wasn't. You know, there's a mutual friend of ours, and many know the person, you know, billions of followers. They do a lot of content and kind of in my circle, but I was kind of trying to be them. I think that's how the conversation went. And you asked me a simple question, something you've probably said many times, but Ramon, what game are you playing? I'm not saying that alone set me free, Seth, but that was one conversation we had for sure would help me because I had to sit down or stand up and think, who is Ramon or what game I'm playing? And I think when people ask themselves that, that may help a lot of people. Does that make sense, Seth? You nailed it. You nailed it. Cool. Another thing we talk about on Breakfast with Champions, Seth, is another favorite topic I know of yours that you've talked about with us for years is this aspect of freelancer versus entrepreneur. And I do invite people for sure. Seth didn't ask me to do it, probably doesn't want me to do it, but definitely, definitely I encourage all of you to go to Akimbo and check out the series of courses we have. In fact, one of the most popular source courses, the marketing seminar just went live. I think I just got the email. It's live now, or maybe it's only live for past students. But either way, check it out, akimbo.com. The marketing seminar, I think, will help many of you get unstuck with some of these things. But the question, Seth, is freelancer versus entrepreneur versus small business owner versus the aspect of being a billion-dollar brand and going big. I know I can throw a lot at you, and you'll be able to unpack it in the way you can. Can you help us understand the positioning of these, who we should be, what the differences are, what choice? As you say a lot, we have freelancer, entrepreneur, small business, or this big billion-dollar brand I have to be. What, what do you say, Seth? Yeah, so, so this is more media brainwashing because the people on this call were brave enough to go start their own gig, and now they've been persuaded by Fast Company and Inc. and Forbes and the rest that it doesn't count unless it's Spanx or it doesn't count unless it's public. There are three kinds of enterprises. One kind of enterprise is the venture-backed entrepreneur. What that means is you're taking somebody else's money to build something bigger than yourself. And what that means is if you are doing any of the jobs inside that company, you are being incompetent because your own is to hire people to do all the jobs. And anytime you hire yourself, you're cheating because you're hiring the most competent, cheapest person to do the work, and you're keeping that person from doing their real job, which is hiring people to do all the jobs. The second kind of business, the one that you run a magical workshop around, is the truly small business, where you have a cadre, a small group of people who do really good work, but your job is not to be as big as possible. Your job is to serve your customers, and only your customers, in the way that you are proud of. And then the third kind, and this is the category I am in, because as you know, I don't run Akimbo anymore, is a freelancer, proud of it. Freelancers get paid when they work. They do not have little junior versions of themselves pretending to be the freelancer. They aren't trying to build uh, a, a bunch of assets that are easy to sell. What a freelancer does is they do the work. And the only way, and this is worth the entire cost of your clubhouse admission today, the only way to move up as a freelancer is to get better 
clients. And we can talk about that all day if you want. I love that, Seth. I will give you, if you, if you have space, talking about the Get Better Clients. Before we do this, listen, um, I'm going to get ready to open the floor. Uh, I'm not going to, mics are open or not, I'll let somebody else do that so I don't get distracted. But those of you who are on stage already, y'all know how I do it. Just unmic, not yet, unmic, say your name. Say your name so I clearly hear your name. I'll call on you. You'll have the floor. It'll be great. When you come on, if you don't mind, you don't have to, I mean, we, we, you can tell Seth Go and you appreciate him and all that good stuff, as I know many of you will do, but really just get right to the question, the clear yeah. question. Hey, Seth, I'm so-and-so. My question is, and we'll help you, and we can get as many people as we can. Um, but with that, Seth, wh why don't you touch on that one more thing, because I know, again, this is something, Seth, we talk about a lot on BWC, this aspect of clients, a lot of clients versus a few clients versus getting better clients. If you don't mind, what does that mean? A few lines from you to help set people in the right direction, please, getting better clients. And Seth, you may be on mute. Or the app Sorry. could have glitched. Well, oh, did it work? Did it work? You're good. Yep, I can hear you now. Okay. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Better clients pay you more to do better, important work, brag about your work, challenge you to go forward, and are looking for something totally different than bad clients. Bad clients go to Fiverr, they go to Upwork, they go to Elance. Bad clients have a lot of churn. Bad clients want you to be invisible. And you don't go from having bad clients to good clients by working really hard for bad clients. You go from having bad clients to good clients by being the kind of freelancer that good clients hire. I love it, Seth. Thank you. So unmute, say your name loud and clear, and I'll call on you, and we will have some fun with Seth Godin. If nobody has questions, that's great. I get Seth all myself until about 3.50, so that's about 20 or some more minutes. All right, go. Floor's open. Unmute. Hey, Ramon, it's Justin. Justin, it's all yours. Go, brother. My man, Seth, I mean, you are a guiding light for me. I respect you so much, and thank you so much for doing this. My question to you is the future of communities in the world of marketing. Community has become a buzzword. Where do you think this is all going to go as it gets you know, as busier and busier as a space? Communities don't exist for you. You don't have a tribe. Um, but communities are the basic element of humanity. And a community will be there even after you leave. So our job as call us marketers, if you want, fine with me, is to find communities and better enable them to connect, not to help us, but to help them. And we see, you know, Nike figured out, Phil Knight figured out that there was a nascent community of runners but they didn't organize and amplify runners to sell sneakers. The selling the sneakers part was a side effect of building a community. Appreciate that, Seth. And Justin is one of the many hosts or participants we have on Breakfast with the Champions. Justin, thanks for being here and being a part of it. Unmute, say your name, and I'll call you up and we'll have some fun. And who's next? Yeah, it's uh, David. David, floor's yours, brother. Go. Awesome, Ramon. Uh, Seth, thank you for doing this, sir. Um, hey, just uh, you are actually on the top of my vision board, sir. I just want to let you know that. So <laughs> I, I'm not, and it's been there for like three years. So I, I, I'd regret if I don't ask you this question. How do I, what do I need to do to have you on my podcast? So I, I'd love, is there somebody I can contact? What would be the way, or go through Ramon? Is that, is that a possibility? Yeah, I'm doing very few podcasts right now. And in general, and one of the things that Alex De Palma teaches in the podcasting seminar, which is spectacular, is make a list of 
a couple of your dream guests. And I'm so flattered that I would be on that list. You are on that list, my friend. And then work backwards from who would have to be a guest for that person to want to be a guest and go seven steps down until you get to your next door neighbor. Mm. So you work from your next door neighbor on up. And that is how Barack Obama ended up on Mark Maron's podcast. Not because Mark Maron hustled Barack Obama to be on his podcast, but because there's a ladder here. And I'm not saying I'm looking for you to build a ladder for me. What I'm saying is that method gets you toward better clients and better guests because each step in it is difficult in and of itself. But the whole Hail Mary thing, it worked for, uh, what was his name? Flutie, the quarterback at, in D.C. But it, Flutie. Doug, Doug Flutie. But, but it doesn't generally work. And I'm not a fan of Hail Marys. All right. Well, I had your attention, so I had to throw to Hail Mary. But I do Thank have you. a question. Um, so your book, The Dip, is is a phenomenal read. And it's an area that I struggle with. I think a lot of people do is that that place like when, you know, the, the premise of the book is when to stick and when to quit. So how do you how do you know, man? I mean, I can read the book five times and I still I'm still not 100 percent clear in the moment. Right. So I left out the uh, bullet pointed shortcut because I don't think there is one. But the rubric for me is, has anyone in your shoes ever gotten from where you are to where you want to be? And if the answer is no, it's entirely possible you will be the first person to ever do it. But my hunch is that you'll have a more satisfying life if you don't need to invent that path. That what you're looking for is what paths have known dips in them? And how do I get the resources in place to get through a dip that I know is sure to come? I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I've talked to who would have been much happier as freelancers and much happier as small business people. But they say, nope, I'm going to turn my little corner lemonade stand into a billion-dollar enterprise with no outside capital. I'm like, well, has anyone ever done that? And the answer is, no, I'm going to do it first. And I just think that that's a recipe for being disappointed. Thank you so much, David Hill, the master sales trainer, getting cold calls on the phone and more. So, David, thank you, David Hill, for being here. Anybody who wants to go next, I have a lot of questions, but I want to save the time for the audience here. Unmute, say your name, and I'll hear you and call upon you. Please, unmute and say your name. If not, I'm going to keep, Dr. keep talking. Here. Dr. Connor, it's all yours, brother. Go. Hey, thanks so much, Raymond. Seth, I just want to um, – great listening, by the way. Just a quick question, right? I've read, I've seen, and people have spoken about it, blogging, right? What do you think the difference between blogging nowadays or starting a blog in comparison to, let's say, when you started a blog? How beneficial or do you think has the algorithms changed? Is it worth doing? What do you think about it all? Uh, Google hates blogs. And as a result, you don't get an organic wind at your back. On the other hand, good clients really admire a body of work. And the best way to build a body of work is to do it every day. And that body of work could be 40 videos on how to use woodworking tools, one by one, each five minutes long, released over the course of a year. That's going to get you better clients if you want to be a woodworking coach. Uh, if you want to be the number one pool installer in Pennsylvania, 
a series of blog posts that lasts for years explaining every uh, hustle and hassle that uh, irreputable pool installers use will drip, 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 add up to something. So my long answer to your question is, this isn't an SEO trick. It is, in fact, about creating a body of work that earns you trust. Thank you, Seth. Dr. Connor, I hope that was awesome for you. And Seth, I, oh, wow. I'm going to share a few links and things that I'd like people to do uh, for you, even though I know you don't need it. But Seth, keep in mind, any organization, nonprofit, that you would say, hey, guys, if you could give money to this organization or time, that Seth would be grateful. I'd love to have you think about that before we uh, close today's session, if you don't mind. That's the biggest gift, I think, I think, we can possibly give to you, besides all the other commercial things that, of course, we can uh, dive into. So feel free to think about that. And whenever you're ready, just say, hey, Ramon, stop. I got it. Um, uh, yeah, unmike anybody and say your name and let's do it again. Patty? Patty, it's all yours. Go for it. Hey, how are you, Seth? And um, I, this is might be a silly question, but it's on my mind. Uh, did you have like an aha moment from when, uh, for, for, do you remember the aha moment when you wanted to decide to write the book, write your, write your book? Um, well, I was a book packager, so I did 120 books for a living before I quote wrote a book, the way most people think of it. And I remember when I decided to become a book packager because here was an industry where publishers needed, very much needed new book ideas. And I had a friend who was trying to make a living in the toy business and they hire lawyers to keep inventors away from toy companies. And so I persuaded her to get in the book business and her first project sold more than 5 million copies and I've been jealous ever since. The magic, for me of the book business is you are welcome and you get to work with people who care about ideas. And when I wrote Permission Marketing, I knew that I had something to say, but I also knew that if I couldn't come up with a two or three word phrase to say it, I wasn't going to be able to help people because I didn't have enough time and attention to persuade them of what I had in mind. And I still remember the day when I got in the shower and I said, I'm not leaving the shower until I have a name for this thing we do. And I was prepared to stand under a cold shower until permission marketing came to mind. And fortunately, it took about 15 minutes, but it probably took about a year of thinking about it subconsciously. But once I had that notion, I knew I could write a book around it. <laughs> that was Thank awesome. Thank you so much, Seth. And thank you for the question. Seth, one question I do have, and we'll continue on for questions for another about 20 minutes, give or take, or probably a little less than that. Give Seth some more time back. But uh, Seth, can you just talk about sunk costs? That's something I've heard you talk about repeatedly. I think it's very important and think that it may help those listening as we grow our businesses. Sunk costs, what is it? What does it mean? And why, my count, have you talked about it so much? Yeah, it, I, I actually just built the LinkedIn learning uh, course around it, which will launch in six weeks. So I'm giving a preview that no one's heard before. Um, if I thought this was a consultant myth, but it actually is true. If it's the 1800s or even the 1900s or even today, and you want to catch a monkey, the way that it's done in places with not a lot of technology is you get a gourd and you cut the top off and dry it out. And then you chain the gourd to a tree and you put some bananas in the gourd. What will happen is a monkey will run up to the gourd, put its hand in to grab the banana, and then will be unable to take its hand out. Because when a monkey makes a fist, it gets stuck. 
And all the monkey has to do is let go of the banana and it will be free. And the monkeys can't let go. They are hoarding their chips. They are holding on to something so tightly they are unaware of how close freedom really is. And sunk costs is this simple human defect which says that we overvalue what it took to get to where we are, either in terms of what it's worth or what it cost, and we're afraid to let it go. And so, for example, one way that car dealers who are irreputable take advantage of people when they sell them a used car is they will sell the car for less than the person thinks it's worth pending approval of the financing. And they let the person drive off the lot with a $2,000 car for $1,500. Well, they call them up three days later and say, sorry, your financing wasn't approved. You need to bring the car back or pay us the $500 difference. And if you don't bring the car back, you're driving a stolen car. So you're in really big trouble. So people pay the $500 difference because it's their car now. They've only owned it for a day or two, but emotionally it's theirs. And they don't want to give it up. The same way we don't want to give up a seat on an airplane when we get a big prize if we're willing to get bumped. We make this mistake all the time. We defend what we think is ours without paying attention to making a new decision based on new information about how we can now be of service. Thank you, Seth. And it's uh, halfway through the hour that we have, at least not the full time with Seth, but the hour we have on the show. So I want to reset the room. You're on Breakfast with Champions, where we provide motivation, education, and inspiration to you seven days a week with over 80 hosts providing at least 15 or so hours of programming Monday through Friday. We have our Saturday sales event from 6 a.m. to 11, and we have a Club 111 where we have Sunday morning service, Sunday afternoon service. My name is Ramon Ray, and this is one of many rooms, one of many sessions that we have in Breakfast with Champions. And we hope you join us, by the way, November 5th through the 7th at the Grow for God conference. And we know you're going to have a good time to help you grow your business and be inspired for your life and business. Today we have with us Seth Godin. Most of you in this community here know who Seth Godin is. For those who don't, and I respect that, Seth Godin is one of the OGs of marketing, and I'll leave it at that and more. And I'm happy to call him my friend and have him share a few minutes with us today. I have a lot more questions, but again, I'll save it for you all as long as you keep them coming. We have a few more minutes. Unmike, say your name, and we'll continue Breakfast with Champions with Seth Godin. Who's next? Unmike and say your name. So, um, so Ramon. Please. Putting things on the top of my screen. Should I ignore this? Like it says, invite ignore. to Okay. Ignore everything. Great. Yep, you're good. Thank you so much. Okay. Unmike, say your name. Kate. Hi. Kate, all yours. Go. Hi, Ramon. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Um, my question is, do you think that all creatives should try to turn their work into a full-time role? Or do you believe it's possible for people to have a job they love and live just as fulfilling of a life? And then... My second part of that question is, what do you think organizations should do to should be doing to attract the best talent? Great questions, thank you. Uh, people don't like the word freelancer and they don't like the word hobby. I don't understand that. I think hobbies are wonderful, and you do a hobby work for yourself, and you decide if it's good, and you decide when to show it off, and you decide when to move on to the next thing. The minute you try to turn your hobby into something that you are selling to someone else. It's not yours anymore. It belongs to them. 
you make a promise that they want to buy. And if you want to do that, please go do that. But Jerry Garcia is not allowed to say, oh, I can't believe they wanted me to play Dark Star yet again, because that was the deal. And so I think you might end up with a happier life if you say, how can I be of use to people in a way that scarcity creates a lot of value and I get paid well and treated well? And then how do I use those resources to pursue the hobbies that I love? Because many times when you try to turn your hobbies into a business, it makes nobody happy. And the second half, uh, what do people want from work? If an industry thinks that the way they're going to solve their hiring problem is by paying more than what they're really doing, presuming they're paying some a living wage, what they're really doing is skipping over what people really want. And what they want is a sense of meaning and belonging and control and dignity and doing something that they can be proud of. And if a company can get out of the industrial mindset and for a minute think about what people who have a choice will choose to do and build jobs that feel like that emotionally, they may have a much easier time recruiting. I love it. Seth, thanks so much. Uh, Kate, by the way, do you mind just telling Seth where you work? We have a lot of cool people here. Everybody's cool people, moderators of Breakfast with Champions. But I think, uh, Kate, uh, I'm, I'm just uh, – uh, yeah, please, if you don't mind, the, the company that you lead, Kate, if you don't mind uh, telling Seth. Oh, Ramon, you're so awesome. Yeah, I run uh, Floyd Consulting, which is a, an organization that was founded by Matthew Kelly, who actually, Seth, I got to hear you speak because you and him shared a stage at the Chick-fil-A conference not too long ago, I think a couple years ago. So we get to actually certify managers that go into organizations to help their team fulfill their dreams so that obviously they are more engaged in their own life and then come to work more engaged in the work life because they are focused on their dreams. So um, really have such a pleasure to work and do the kind of work that I do. And you've been such a such a mentor of mine for so many years. So I'm, so I'm grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you today. Well, thank you. Thank you for leading. Thanks, Kate. All right. On mic. We'll go to about 50, uh, 10 minutes before the hour. Um, uh, yeah, so unmike, say your name, and we'll continue on this amazing discussion. Who's next? All right. Jump in. This is Sarah. Yeah. And, and nobody has to. Listen, I have a lot of questions. I just want to make sure the audience feels fulfilled, but I know a lot of people are enjoying and listening and doing things about their day. Sarah, please go for it and tell Seth who you are, Sarah, a little bit. Go for it. Yeah. Hi, Seth. It's so wonderful to meet you. We're so grateful you are here at Breakfast with Champions. Um, I am one of the leaders of the organization, helping with content and programming. Um, as we look to expand beyond uh, Clubhouse and become multi-platform, we're trying to make a huge disruptive play in the podcast space um, and also craft a um, competitor to Masterclass and just do a lot with the fact that we've brought together about 100 different thought leaders all across the political, ideological, industry, experience spectrums, all in the same space. Um, it's, it's really something we're excited about and we're so, so, so grateful you're here today. Um, my background happens to be in communication. So my question for you and forgive me, the app was glitching on me earlier. I would actually love to talk about, um, some questions around the future of marketing and the future around communications and what for you, are you super energized about? And do you think is, is the next thing is if someone wants to consider themselves, someone who's on the cutting edge, who's paying attention, um, to future trends, like what's something that you're super energized about that you think that hasn't really popped yet and not everyone is paying attention to yet? I'm done speaking. Okay, so let me try to be specific first and general second. 
Uh, I am a clubhouse skeptic. I have been studying new media since new media was invented. Uh, one of the very first things I did was uh, educational computer games for the Commodore 64 with Michael Crichton and Ray Bradbury. So the dynamics, the math of Clubhouse doesn't make any sense. So for you to use it as a breeding ground to then go into new platforms that work for you makes a lot of sense to me. Number two, the ecosystem of media is extraordinarily distorted by money. And the thing that has fueled the growth of so much stuff that's happening in the media is the network effect. The network effect, even more than Moore's Law, is why we end up with certain really large organizations. And basically, they, the network effect is it works better when it's bigger. It works better when I tell my friends. It works better when other people are using it too. The first person who had a fax machine couldn't do anything with it because if you send a fax to yourself, you just get a busy signal. You had to tell other people to get a fax machine. So there's this chase, this race to take advantage of the network effect. And if we look at uh, something like Masterclass, which has had some extraordinary instructors, Masterclass has burned through more than 50, 60, 70 million dollars and has certainly not made a penny and may never make a penny because the economics of how do we pay uh, teachers an enormous amount of money and then how do we spend an enormous amount of money advertising classes that don't have a network effect that game is a game that's really hard to win unless netflix buys you so as you build breakfast of champions with all-stars like you and ramon the question is why will it work better if other people are doing it too? And that's my general answer. My general answer is the future of marketing is about the word together. We don't have a shortage of shelf space anymore. We don't have a shortage of outlets. What we have is a shortage of trust and trust doesn't come from attention. Trust comes from belonging and community and the network effect. So, that is the frontier that you are perfectly positioned to take advantage of, but it will not be a one directional, here's what someone smart has to say. It will be something that's more like a religion. Hey, Ramon, I got a question when you're free. I appreciate that, brother. And Sarah, thank you so much. And again, uh, Sarah, I know you know uh, uh, Breakfast with Champions in a year or two will be the billion uh, viewed company <laughs> in the next coming. I know that for sure. Thanks, Sarah. Lou, uh, Lou Diamond, before I do you, let me do come to Rachel Dorsey and then Lou Diamond, and then we're going to begin to go to the tail end of this beautiful conversation to give Seth plenty of time back to continue his day and express our thanks to him. Rachel Dorsey, you, and then Lou Diamond. Rachel, all yours. Ramon, thanks for the opportunity to ask the question. And Seth, thank you in advance for responding. Um, I am curious, when when you were a child, did you did you have a vision for what your life would be like? And and did it turn out, in fact, the way that you envisioned it? And and if so, was there an adult in your life who supported you on your path? Thank you for this question. And it's a good question and a dangerous one at the same time. Because it gets to talent. What are we born with? What did we get before we were aware that we were getting something? And talent is a trap because it, it undermines skill. And skill is something we can learn. Skill is really good news because skill is available to us. And 
in my mind, I won the birthday lottery. I came with so many advantages, two extraordinary parents who put up with my limited attention span and, and encouraged me to do the kinds of things that I've been doing my whole life. And when I was a kid, I'm not making this up, I wanted to be on Clubhouse with Ramon on today because this is this is a dream for me. But so many of the happy, successful people I know, none of those things are true for. It's a coincidence. Just like I know successful entrepreneurs who are bald, being bald does not make you a successful entrepreneur. It's a coincidence. And so I'm super grateful to my late parents. I'm super grateful to all the breaks that I got along the way. But I also got to say, if that didn't happen for you, skill is still available. And that's really good news. Rachel, what a great question. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, Marvin, glad to see you joining brother, my brother from across the pond. Lou Diamond, it's all yours. Podcasting expert extraordinaire, who I've learned so much for. Lou, floor is yours. Seth, the pleasure to have you here. Thanks for all your wisdom. You started off by saying, we're all exhausted. As you're looking forward, as we're all looking forward to what's next, how are you going to set up your life or so recommend to others on how we can be less exhausted as we move onward and upward? Thanks again. Done speaking. Look forward to your answer. Oh, it's a great question. Um, I would say as the industrial age starts to peter out, we're realizing that busy is a myth. And as social media is becoming exposed as the fraud that it is, we're realizing that it doesn't make us happy. And if we can get step away from being busy and step away from having friends who aren't friends and followers who aren't following us, suddenly, not only do we save three or four hours a day, but the psychic burden goes way down. And we get to focus instead on doing work that matters for people who care. And being brave enough to thank the others who don't care and then ignore them makes it so we can get to the work we need to do. Love it, Seth. Thank you so much. And Lou, thank you so much for the question. Uh, Seth, I have one final question for you. If anybody else has a very urgent question, just unmike and say your name, but I'm going to try to let Seth go in about four minutes. That's 10 to the hour. Uh, Seth, final question for you, and then we can uh, wrap a bit and, and give you some time to close, but you said so much to us today. Generosity, uh, The Go-Giver. Uh, is a great book, et cetera. Um, I don't mean to say it that way, but The Go-Giver is a book, so I want to respect the author, Bergs, Bergs, I think the name is, who wrote the book. But can you talk about your thoughts on that, uh, Seth, the aspect of generosity of giving? And I say that because is that juxtaposed? Is that a or of making money or is it an and, if you feel what I'm trying to ask? We need to make money. We're, we're scraping by to try to get clients. We, we want people to buy from us. Yet there's this theme we always hear, be generous, give, give, give. How do those two balance, or talk a, a bit with us about those two things, please. So generous doesn't mean free. And often we get confused about the two. If you go look at the Goodwill box where people uh, are supposed to be donating stuff, they're basically putting trash there because they say, well, I'm being generous, it's free. And what's actually generous is to do emotional labor. It's actually generous to make big promises and keep them. And it might be that you charge a lot for that, but it's still generous because it's stuff you didn't have to do. It's things that you're exposing yourself to emotionally better than they have to be. 
And when I think about this clubhouse thing, this marathon that you're on, you run it so beautifully and it is filled with so many opportunities for people that the most generous thing you could do is figure out how to charge for it because you are making big promises to people. They are ready to have those promises kept. You're looking for commitment and enrollment. And I just want to thank you for your leadership and presence because you always make things better for the people around you, especially when they're paying you. I appreciate that, Seth, very much. Words received. Blushing Brown, thank you so much. Seth, if you don't mind, I would love to hear a charity that we can support. And I know you're, we don't have to thank you in this way. That's not what your ethos is about. But I'd love to do it. We have a lot of givers on here, people who love to know how can I support any charity, any nonprofit, Seth, or anything that we can do to say, hey, we appreciate Seth's time. We're going to take this action. Do you mind sharing something like that with us, please? Oh, you're terrific. I would uh, challenge people to think about a charity that they care about that maybe hasn't been high on their priority list and go find out what the people who run that organization need from you. Because there isn't one best charity, but there's definitely people who need to hear from you and who need your support. Seth, I appreciate that. Again, everybody, Seth Godin. Most of you know who Seth is. And Seth, I just want to say thank you for being here. Uh, my friend, you are released whenever you want to mute and, and leave the app if you need to. But I just want to say thank you, Seth, for being with us. We've learned a lot. And this will be a podcast and other content that we'll share offline as well. So Seth Godin. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't make it Thanks, Seth. <laughs> that was so amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. Hey, very, very nice. We have about 11 more minutes to go in this segment before the amazing Dora Maria comes up again. Seth Godin, thanks for being here. You may have gone off, but I made sure I didn't want to touch the app. I don't want to scroll. I don't want to do anything because the app crashing like crazy for the first time for me. I'll just touch on a few things. And then if we have time, we'll ask people to go do the round again to unmute, say their name, and we can just riff for a bit and chat a bit. But I think a few key points from the questions I had, I didn't I didn't even have time to take notes, but I know many of you got this and recording this. But I think one is daily routines. I think Seth affirmed, and it's amazing how he said, well, my daily routine doesn't matter. It really matters what your daily routine is. But as he said, never in his life has he hit the snooze button. Echoes kind of what Glenn Lundy is teaching us. And many of you know this. Laura Wilde comes to mind and many of you all, others of you who are in this mindset space it's new for me i must say I'm, i haven't been in this personal development mindset space that's not my jam i'm a marketer and personal brander that's my expertise in building events and building content so i'm new to this daily routine stuff don't hit the snooze and be gratitude it's very new for me so that's one two the aspect of giving up and motivation i failed at so many things and if i talk too long i'll cry about it lost money. I must say part of it is in my uh, DNA meeting as an entrepreneur. I'm just a person who doesn't care so much. I don't take myself very seriously. I'm like, great, let's try to have a lemonade stand. Okay, I can put in $100, $50 stand out here all day in the sun. That's just me. Some people are more cautious. Lo and behold, my lady, my queen, my wife, she's more of a cautious person. Thank God I have her. And the people who I partner with to run Smart Hustle are more on the cautious side. So I can be the entrepreneur that I am and, and, uh, and do what I need to do to create the vision, the ideas, and then rely on my team who can do that. So giving up motivation is one thing. Uh, launching, imposter syndrome, et cetera. I think this touches on that. Definitely, I encourage you all to check, check out the free gift that Seth offered, the Ship It Journal. You can just Google it, the Ship It Journal, Seth Godin. It's a free download he has. So definitely check that out as well. But the aspect, we got to launch. 
And I know some people here have trouble with launching, trouble with how do we launch, how do we start? It's an issue. I was glad that Seth dive, dove into a bit this whole aspect of freelancer, entrepreneur, small business small owner. Bi and I say this because it's amazing and interesting that between the many people we have, the people who come to mind for me, we have an open mic, so anybody's open mic, just mute yourself, is we have Brielle, whose who's key thing is, she's a baller, she has some wealth, but she talks to the people who want to earn just a little bit more money, who want to get to the next level, that's her thing. Then you have Grant Cardona talks about billion, 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 I think Bill Hauser, I want to say as well, talks about billion, 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 hundreds of millions. Then we have Amelia talking about, she said it earlier today, I think, while I was eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich, she said how, you know, you you don't have a business unless you can sell it. Then you have uh, Spizak and, and the other guy uh, in uh, Brian Benstock and others. So my point is we have uh, not different. We're all like-hearted, right? Like-hearted. It's just an interesting theme, and I struggle with it. Maybe I don't have a business. I don't know. So this aspect of freelancer entrepreneur, get better clients is another thing I think that was really interesting. Many of you, 80%, I'm betting, I'm betting of our audience are really small businesses like I am. We're freelancers, right? We're freelancers. We're, 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 we're in, the, in, the, in the hustle of growing our business, ideally more smart hustle. And I encourage people, it's not about the number of clients you have, but charge a fat rate. And I can say the clients I work with, I'm so blessed. I work with the largest brands in the world. I am not cheap, but I can live in a home office, work with my wife. I mean, not work with, but be my wife, take her out to dinner. She takes me out to dinner, live the life I want because I charge a premium for what I do. I'm not about the scale, the masses. I'm not about a few people paying me good money for what I do, and that's emceeing and hosting stages and speaking and producing content for uh, large tech brands. That's what I do. And lastly, and then we have seven minutes. I'd love to open it up a bit and just get feedback, get input, and we'll save the stage for Dora Maria to come up in the minute or two beforehand that she can riff with us as well, but generosity. And it's not something I've struggled with per se, but oftentimes I've had pushback from some because I am the more generous type. I just do stuff and like to work with people because they're cool. You know, I remember when we first did Breakfast with Champions, right? We did the first event in New York. I just did that because I was like, you know what? Let's be a part of it. I don't know how it's going to turn out. And as many of you know, I've been sponsored, you know, one of the lunches. I was like, let's just do it. It's working with good people. And lo and behold, I got to meet Vernita that day and, and Sarah and many, of you, many others of you, but I work with them a bit at the event. So let's take a minute here. Feel free. Just unmute. Say your name. What did you get out of today's event? Any comments you want to say? You know, um, what it meant to you? Add something briefly, and let's have some fun. If not, I can keep going. But unmute. Say your name, and let's keep the conversation going if you don't mind. So unmute. Say your name. Ramon. Unmute. Say your name. And say your name. Who's that? Ramon, this name? is Michael. Michael, Michael yeah, it's I all yours. Your energy. Met you in New York. You know, Seth is awesome. It was just great to, you did a great job hosting him. Purple Cow is my favorite Seth Godin book, but he's just so down to earth and real and humble. So thanks for hosting him. Great, great show. Michael, oh, Michael, I appreciate that. And you're so true. He is that way. And, and as David asked him, it's funny. When I first started my print magazine, Michael, Smart Hustle uh, Magazine, I, I've transitioned now to online, but I wanted to do a magazine. I said, Seth, can I interview you? He told me no. No, Ramon. Go interview 10 other people. <laughs> then come to me. We know David Hill has some ballers. Seth doesn't know all that. But the principal, he had no problem telling me no. But over the years, we've developed a relationship. I've worked with him, and et cetera. All right. Thank you, Michael. Unmute. Say your name. And uh, let's continue the discussion for about five more minutes before Dora Maria comes on up. Who else? Unmute. Say your name. But if not, I'll keep talking. All righty then. All right. So, so uh, Ramon, I'll ask you a question since David it's, Hill, uh, go for it. Space. And and the reason why, uh, by the way, it's important to say your name. Remember, we have people here yes. who always can't scroll up and down to see it. So this is the amazing David Hill, master of sales. Go, David. All yours. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And yeah, you're you're crushing it. So keep up the good work, brother. 
You know, it's it's kind of an interesting question because I've never uh, met Seth or spoke to Seth before. As I mentioned, he's been on my whiteboard as a, as a dream interview. But um, he just seems like super like direct and to the point type of guy. And based on you know seeing him in in his books and stuff, I I was I I wouldn't I didn't expect him to be like that. Do you think is that like has he evolved into that because of? Or do you know? I don't know how much you know him. But has he always been like that, or is that something he's kind of evolved into as he's become more and more successful? Sure, I definitely makes can't. Sense. No, it's a great question, David. I definitely can't claim to be golfing buddies with him. I never want to presume that. You know, hey, we hang out in his living room. I don't have the relationship, but I've been around him and with him many, many times over the years. And Seth has always been like that. I've been in back rooms, green rooms with him, very direct. Okay, the event's over. My car's outside. Goodbye. Thanks. Gone. You know how some of y'all moo, 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 kiss, 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 double cheek, all that. Oh, my God, good to see you. That is not Seth. He's like, thanks, guys. Goodbye. Done. In a nice way. He is direct. So, David, feel free to feedback on that, give you time to respond. But but he's been like that ever since I've known him. But, again, not golfing buddies. I'm not his family. But we have a relationship. So I want to respect and position how I know him in the right way. But, David, feel free to give a feedback. Uh, no, I just just was curious. How, I didn't know how much you knew him, but he uh, Gar- he reminds me of Gary Keller. I know Gary Keller, and very very much similar uh, personality, and obviously massively successful. So, just curious, I guess. I love it. Absolutely. We've got to take one or two more thoughts. And again, this is what Breakfast Champions is about, just how I see it. You know, again, I'm just one of many hosts, but I think there's the there's sessions where we hosts pour into each other and into the amazing audience that we have live and on the podcast of those who are listening to my voice after the effect. Then there's a time where we can have questions and answers and discussion. There's both. And sometimes people don't want to talk. That's okay. I'm prepared to feed into you all for the whole time. But this is the beautiful part of it. We all have a seat at the table. So when we say who wants to talk, it could be mods, our host, but maybe you've never talked before. Just say hi. Not just my session, but all of our sessions. We'll take one or two more questions. Unmute. Say your name. I'll call on you, and let's continue one or two minutes of uh, discussion before Dora Maria comes up. Anybody else want to join the discussion? Unmute. Say your name. I hear an hey, unmute. Ramon, button. it's uh, Marvin here. Marvin. Oh, hey, brother. It's all yours, man. Thanks for being here. No, I just wanted to chime in and, and just keep the conversation flowing. A, a fantastic job. I caught the, the end there because I've been at a, a conference here in the UK um, pretty much the whole day. Um, but I'm definitely going to be checking that out, the full ver- full length version uh, on the podcast. But what, um, one of the things I wanted to share with you just before you pass, uh, pass over was that um, uh, a, a, a quote sticks to, in my mind um, of Seth's, and, and it it's probably not the most obvious quote because a lot of people know him uh, for how amazing he, he is uh, from a marketing standpoint and so on. But one that sticks in my mind, um, and it actually, uh, you reminded me of it when you were talking about um, small businesses or large businesses and, and what you charge and so on. But his quote uh, that comes to mind is, instead of wondering when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life you don't need to escape from. And that really, really, it, it stayed with me because for me personally, um, the, the couple of businesses I have, um, my why, everyone's heard of Simon Sinek, my why really was was to to create a life where I can actually spend more time with the family and I'm not sort of, you know, uh, dancing to someone else's drum, so to speak. So um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, you know, thanks so much for for uh, for bringing the interview to the table and uh, I look forward to checking, checking the whole thing out on the podcast. Uh, this is Marvin. I'm done speaking. Over to you, Ramon. 
Oh, Marvin, what an amazing way to end the discussion, my brother. Thank you. And I hope you all follow Marvin. Just look his name up, Marvin. He hosts some great rooms. I'm honored to be a host in some of his rooms. So Marvin, thank you. And I want to echo that. What Marvin said is right. No matter we talk about freelancer, entrepreneur, small business, big business, to echo Marvin's point, over the last 20 plus years, I've been a business owner. I've started four companies, sold two companies, authored many, many books. There is nothing better than I've taken my children to hotels, to great places all over the world because I've loved what I do. And Marvin, to your point, I didn't do it that way purposely, but as I look back, I realize we've been so blessed. Most people in America don't go to hotels, fly in planes, go in first class or, or, or you know, premium economy class or go around. I'm not saying I have a palatial life at all, but most children don't grow up that way when you think of most in the world or America. My kids are adults now, Marvin, and to your point, we've been blessed. And as me and my wife are a bit older, 50 or so and older, you know what I mean? We can take, I'll be in Las Vegas next week for client work, doing what I love, but my baby may come with me if she wants to. I can't complain about that life. It's beautiful. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.